Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cantina MX Football Podcast. We're back with episode 298. A lot of action over the weekend in match week four. And then we also had some Coca Champions action. Some transfer rumors and official transfers for Mexicans in Europe. And... We also had a Pocho switch from the U.S. team to the Mexican team, and he talked about it in the Players' Tribune. We're going to talk a little bit about that with David Ochoa. Before I go any further, though, let me welcome Joel to the podcast. Joel, how are we doing? I'm doing good. I'm feeling good, even though I know my Chilla brothers are upset of how the team is playing. I thought their result was good. Absolutely. Santos have had our number for quite some time. And yes, you know, it was uh, uh, a draw, but at least it wasn't a loss. (laughs) But um, there was also some other news regarding Chivas. We'll, We'll talk a little bit more about the match a little bit later, but... Uh, as of today, uh, they announced a partnership with a um, Dutch company called Eleven that will be broadcasting their matches and the the feminine uh, matches as well for Chivas. So pretty cool news there. Yeah, I I think that that will be like in other countries. So I think if you're in the U.S., you 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 probably won't get that service. Um, Unless they're, because I mean, there's Chivas TV, they, and it's it's what's like three dollars I think a month. So I I don't think they cancel that, but I think it's day eleven broadcast. I forgot how many countries. So I guess in other countries it's where, you know, you're a Chiva bro that's probably in Holland or somewhere, you could get the games yeah. through that through that. Let me um read their press uh, article. It says uh, Eleven has agreed a new partnership with fabled Mexican football team Club Deportivo Guadalajara, aka Las Chivas. Passionate Chiva hermanos will have live and on-demand access to matches from the 2021 Liga MX and Liga Femenil season in over a hundred countries worldwide, courtesy of Eleven's global streaming service, Elevensports.com. Uh, Pedro Presa, the group chief, uh, said that we're truly excited that we can help bring one of Mexico's most famous, historic, and best-supported clubs in Chios de Guadalajara to owe more of their dedicated fan base than ever before and help them uncover new supporters too. From the intense and world-famous El Superclásico to be able to showcase the incredible growth and quality of Liga MX Femenil, our collaboration with Chivas has so much to offer to the fans worldwide via our global platform, 11sports.com. Uh, Chios continues to be a pioneer in Mexico, helping to bring or helping to inter- internationalize our league. And there's no better way to do it than working with a company like 11, which is the leader in the industry of sports content. Um, no disrespect to them, but I've never heard of 11. Have you? <laughs> Same. Uh, first time I'm hearing about them. But, I mean, good news for Chivas. Uh, 
hopefully it, we were talking about how they haven't had much much revenue off of sponsors and whatnot and so hopefully this brings them some good good chunk of change I think it's a pretty big deal because you know one of the things holding the league back is just the limited access to it if you are not in the US or not in Mexico it's really hard to just get these matches live so you know it's it's one step closer to um, just bringing awareness about the league unfortunately you know Chivas are not in the best you know situation right now they don't have a lot of money they're not playing fabulous football so I don't know if this first impression uh, for the rest of the world is going to be a good one. Kind of like Amazon Prime, you know, like having the Chivas, uh, you know, show. It's like nice and everything, but we're not winning titles. We're not playing glamorous football. So it's like, damn, you know, I wish they could have seen us at our best, you know, maybe like 2006 yeah. or 2010. During the doblete, doblete season. Yeah. But I, I, you could say that it was, it was like ill-timed or poorly planned. You know, where it was like, but maybe that was the one opportunity they had and they, they might not come again for, um, to have a show like that. And then again, like the lack, the lack of funds probably was like, let's just do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because it, that could have, that could have been something where Amaury would have said, team's not going to look good. <laughs> And so it's it's better that we just don't showcase it. <laughs> and and but then it was like they'll pay us X amount and where we could use that money. So let's just let's take that risk. I am curious to know the details of the deal and how much, you know, they're gonna get paid for this, but man, this is amazing, you know. I mean, I don't know if people in the rest of the world even know who Chivas are, but who knows, you know, well, if you already... I, I think, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think this will be more for, like, people that are, like, Mexicans that are, they live abroad. Yeah. You know, I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. more of who's more, more likely to get that, to get, to pay for that. Right. You know, um, and then you have probably like people that bet or or maybe like scouts maybe they want to watch scouts definitely i I don't think it's gonna it's like a big number even the number it was they never really released the numbers even in mexico or at least not that i know of or or in the u.s of like chivas tv you know because there was a lot of speculation early on and I know those numbers were abysmal. They they were probably too low for them to even, you know, talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, and it would hurt them. It would hurt them uh, sponsorship-wise because they weren't doing TV and the sponsor's like, well, you're only getting less than a million or or whatever uh, views, then it just wouldn't compare to the 11 million they were getting. I'm talking about in Mexico. In the U.S., it's about a million to 2.5 or something like that. Right. And and 2.5, I'm talking like a classical or like a, a final Liga mm-hmm. match on average is like about a million. Uh, but in max, 11 million. So that's that's where it's impressive. Um, 
So yeah, and, and it's probably if it brings money. Hello. Sorry, drop my mic. Oh, Mike. Oh, probably not. Not that much. I will say, you know, the only reason why people would know about Guadalajara is because of players that have played in Europe, like, you know, Javier Hernandez. I think he put Chios on the map. And I do agree that scouts are probably are going to have an easier time looking at the games because there are some gems within our club. You know, they were showcased in the Olympics. So I'm sure that, you know, scouts are going to be um, tuning in to this and having a little bit more, you know, accessibility now with the uh, partnership with Eleven. I want to say it's probably the first of its kind, right? I don't, I don't remember any yeah, other Mexican club doing this. Yeah, same. I haven't heard. I haven't heard of any anybody any streaming stuff. And and I think that's because and you're look you're looking at Chivas, which is like the most popular or second most popular, depending who you ask. And and like we said earlier, the, their streaming numbers were low. So other other clubs are even lower, so not just not worth it for them. So with the, we might as well talk about it since we're on the topic of Chivas. They played yesterday. It was the last game on Sunday. They were on the road against Santos Laguna. And I'll be honest, uh, I'm not being biased here, but Chivas were quite the dominant force yesterday. And if it was not for Acevedo, San Acevedo, I mean, this dude, Carlos, he uh, had one of the best matches, I think maybe the best match of his career. And it's always against Chivas, you know, and uh, he just he just had some crazy saves. And uh, the biggest opportunity came in the second half. Canelo Angulo had a one on one chance and he decided to shoot it directly at the goalkeeper. So in the end, it was a zero zero draw. There was a handball that was not called. They did not use VAR. So, you know, I feel a little bit short, short-handed, short-changed by uh, by the match yesterday. You know, usually Santos are the dominant force, but uh, I am pretty happy with uh, the the grit uh, from Chivas, and uh, I was happy with uh, seeing Fernando Beltran. And you know, it seemed like they were going to get the winner, but zero zero. Yeah, it, it's it's a good result in that it's a team that as you said, has had Chivas' number, and then getting points on the road is always a positive, and Chivas really needs that because they started the season losing to San Luis, which I feel is one a result that's going to hurt them uh, or could hurt them because you you look at the list of, like, home games, and I'm pretty sure that's, like, the weakest opponent they're going to face. And so to lose to them, it's... it's uh, no bueno. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to make up for that in the road, which they did, beating Puebla. But then they failed to win their. Who did they play? Who was it? They, they. Juarez. I think they drew. Juarez again, another team that that is one of the weaker teams that they're gonna face. They almost so, lost that game too. So it's looking bad. Uh, 
because those were like starting the season, but we're still at the start of it. It's like, hey, we're going to be without like our best players for the Olympics. Can you guys give us a little like, you know, it's like when you play kickball and they say, hey, um, give me like the baby bounces, you know, give me something easy to hit. And they're like, well, here you go. Atletico and, and Juarez, you know, the two not so good teams and and they weren't able to beat them. Yeah. So, but I mean, beating, beating Puebla on the road and then stealing the point from Santos is a bit like straightening it up. And, uh, but then they're facing Leon, who seems like they're going off of the right foot with, with their new coach, Olan or Legan. But they were, they seem to be on point. So that, that match should be interesting. And like you said, Chivas showed dominance. So they showed an improvement, which is also another good thing to take. Uh, you know, like if you're disheartened because the start of the season looked bad, but at least you've seen an improvement by now. Yeah, it was the first match that they got their Olympic players back. So, you know, they're not even at full full strength. Um, but they definitely were the be- the more dominant team. And we'll see how it goes against Santos. I mean, against uh, Leon, sorry. And there's not going to be much of a break. They're going to start playing them. It's a midweek match on Wednesday, 7 p.m. So really no time to to breathe. You're going to be right back at it with that match. One thing to take note from that match is uh, Oribe Peralta was... Nowhere to be seen from the starting lineup or the bench. Is this a sign of him possibly leaving the team? I hope so. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's always been... um, He hasn't really played much, you know? So it's it's just the contract that he ended up signing and and no other team wanting to get him. Uh, I remember reading the comments from... It was the Santos... I believe it was their, their, you know, president, and he was saying how they weren't, they weren't going to bring him back, because you would think they would want him to retire there. He came out of there, iconic player, but he was like, nope. And so, I think he's just, you know, his, his collecting his fat paycheck. I know. And you know, it's like, people would be like, well, of course he's not going to be like starting but here's the thing right now with Chivas we don't really have strikers we have Angel Saldivar and we have uh, Jose de Jesus Godinez we also have Cesar Huerta that could play that position but he's not really a striker so I mean to not even be on the bench yeah well those guys were they weren't doing that bad you know they ended up getting loaned out and I think it hurt Saldivar it hurt those guys yeah, to leave just when he was doing good, they loaned him out. I thought that was that a was big the biggest mistake. mistake. And Godinez, he's he's decent, you know. I don't he's think he's tall. He's he's, he's kind of like bad. a tronco, to be honest. But uh, he <laughs> he did get loaned out to Leon last season. Uh, he didn't really score any goals, so he's kind of just been he's just one of those one of those you know in and out type of Fuerzas Básicas players. We've had so many strikers throughout the years. Michel Vasquez and uh, Granados and, uh, you know, we've had 
even Kubo Torres, you know, like we just go through strikers like they just don't don't make the cut, man. It's it's so hard yeah, to find who, a reliable who, striker. Google did don't get me wrong, Google did do a good job, but you know, he was but too young. Google's thing was he couldn't keep it in his pants. <laughs> he, he, did, he did that that party, you know, where he uh he got accused. He got accused of, of That's right. Of some type of debauchery and that that pretty much ruined ruined his chances. He sort of like disappeared, but he had been really good in MLS. And he would score goals, but he's at Atlanta like right now. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's 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 one of the Mexicans that you know it's not been that many, but he was putting the name up there. I mean, because there's there was players like Hermosillo and and Luis Hernandez and whatnot Jorge who Campos. came here and, and no, but I mean like strikers or attacking players. Campos played as striker, and, no. He would, but he would switch off. But but I mean, they didn't really um, excel, and this guy was holding it down. Yeah. Up until Vela came in and just like, yeah, in one took season, over. <laughs> he just like thirty in one season. He sort of like did what this guy had been doing in like three years. But but still, he's he's not that bad. But but to your point, there hasn't been much for Chivas to choose from. Uh, the Funes Moris will be on their way. I mean, I know, I know uh, the fans don't like it, but it's, it's for me, what doesn't make sense is, you know, Chivas already have like a very small pool to work with. Right. And then the, the pool made smaller with the, and it's like, the, look, you, you have things, you throw them away. It makes no freaking sense. Like we had Alan Pulido. It's so hard to find a reliable striker that can score consistently. And then when we have him, we sold him. And then it's like, really? Like, really? Well, Pulido, Pulido was not... He, you know, he wasn't... He was wrapped up in a bunch of things at Chivas, you know, when they're trying to straighten the boat. Yeah. And he's he was just doing the opposite. He had that car crash, a dunk, drunken car crash, but I think his primo took the blame. And then the team is... He's doing some like, what was it like some rap video? Yeah, uh, but nothing he, wrong he, with he, that he, stuff. But yeah. he, huh? He, he made it like and an then, uh, appearance there, but it's not like he was rapping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was just doing stuff that it was like the team's hurting and this guy's like not helping. But he ended the season I, I, with, you know, leading goal scorer. Yeah. You know, and then, <laughs> and and here's the thing: it's like when you don't have like. Beggars can't be choosers, bro. It's like when you when you do have someone like that, then you have to be able to like work with him, not just like you have to work with us. Like it, you know, you, a great manager and a great front office would know how to deal with these kind of like egos or whatever yeah. locker room problems. Yeah, but I mean, if they felt he had too many, and that he was dividing the locker room, and then he had been underperforming. And they're, they're like, you know, they're trying to like save money on wages. It just made sense to sell him. I mean, they brought uh, back Macias and that was... Well, that was the big... Yeah, gamble. that was the big selling point. Yeah, but but I think it looks good that they bring back Macias. Macias plays decent and he's still able to go abroad. He wasn't the same uh, Wasn't the same guy gonna, that we had in Leon, though. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, but I think if as Chivas, you want to have that selling point as well that if you're a Mexican player and you're at Chivas, they're going to facilitate, you know, they're going to help you reach that goal of going abroad and not try to like lock, you know, put you in lockdown there. So I think that you need stuff like that where players like that that are going to, you know, and, you know, uh, that will go abroad and then it makes the team look good. Because if Vega leaves soon, then that's, you know, it's again, because Chivas went a couple of years that they hadn't really sent, like they went from, they would send a player almost every other year to like, nothing. they just dried up completely. Yeah. So if they could get back to that, then at least uh, more players would be willing to come to Chivas. You would think that's not a problem, you know? You would think, yeah, players would will hear Chivas and they'll be like, yeah, man. But uh, it, it hasn't really been the case. And we saw it with that kid from, uh, I forget his name. He was a Gallos. He was a Gallos with Bucetich. He was the, the midfielder. No, 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 not Orbelin. Some Marcel Reese. Michel. Yeah, there you go. Marcel. I say Michel. Marcel Reese, or the team was trying to get him and he, he didn't want to go to Chivas. He and then he like he's not even talked about anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um well to put solid and open boon, Bolillo has just scored his eighth goal of the season with uh Kansas City. Um but yeah, moving on to greener pastures, we do have some great news. We have Johan Vasquez officially joining Genoa. We talked about it on the last podcast about, you know, um, Hector Moreno talking about how difficult it is. And it hadn't been confirmed yet, but it's official. So he's he's uh, he's another Mexican that's going to, to the old continent. And there's also rumors that Orbelin, who is about to be a free agent uh, come December, is uh, negotiating with Celta Vigo to to join their forces. So we could, at the end of the week, have uh, two Mexicans abroad, two more. Yeah, and I mean, these are players that want to go, so good good for them, you know. <clears throat> we'll have to see what happens with uh, Sebastián Cordoba, Alexis Vega, and some of these other guys that had really good Olympic runs. Yeah, I just wanted to point out, like, I know there's a lot of vilifying, a lot of the Liga MX teams, uh, the whole Pacto de Caballeros and whatnot, and, and a lot of it gets missed, I'm going to say misdiagnosed for lack of a better word. But the one thing to keep in mind is that some of these players would end up signing really big contracts with with these clubs, and then when they're going to, go abroad, the teams a lot of times, they don't want to pay what the Mexican, what it's worth to the Mexican club that is, you know, paying for them, all this massive amount. So that's that's not something where I'm going to say that, it's like if you go and you buy some Jordans and then your neighbor wants to buy them from you, mm -hmm. and you could say, he's going to look better wearing them than me. You're not going to give it to him half price. Right. You're going to want to sell him what you bought him for, or Maybe more. So that's kind of what's been going on a few times. Pizarro is the big example of that. <clears throat> he goes to Chivas, but that was a 17 million price tag. It's like, you're not really going abroad at that price, you know? You, unless you're at the Selección and you kill it at the World Cup, 
Yeah. Which nobody, nobody evaluated no. Pizarro at 17 million. Nobody. No, that was just Pachuca taking advantage, knowing that Chivas was desperate. And, uh, and for Chivas, well, like you could say, it paid off. They won a league title. But Monterrey, you know, Max, they, they felt they have that money, so they bought him. For 18. And then, uh, yeah, they paid one, one extra. And now it's an MLS, but it's like those offers dried up. They, was, they were not going to be there. And they didn't even so, tell him. Yeah. He had no idea. Well, I, yeah, I kind of don't buy it as much. I, I think he had no idea the negotiation was going on, but I think he knew what the deal was. You know, you, you kind of have to know what's going on there. And you, you have an agent. So unless this agent also was also in on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because you see agents, yeah, that, you see agents right now. They're well, just trying to make commission. Look. Yeah, they make commission. So he 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 was probably in on it. One of the big stories I heard, and and I do believe this, was that Chivas never really hadn't paid off from Pachuca. Uh, the, yeah, so that they yeah. still owed the money, and I'm willing to believe that because uh, you saw how much money that team that was put together. It was like sixty million or something like that. Oh yeah, you know, just just Pizarro seventeen and then Pulido, Pizarro, close Pulido, to 20. Gallo, man, just just those two guys was yeah. already thirty something. Cota. and yeah, they brought in, they brought no Cota was loan. I know, but they still had to pay something, right? I mean, they they sent Pocho the other well, way. Well, no, they they yeah, they sent they wanted the other guy, mm-hmm. so they didn't pay for him. But Gallo, they did. And Aguli and all these guys. Oh, that's right. And, and, these were, and these were all World Cup players. Not only were they World Cup players, they were league champions as well. Right. They had all one, you know. So you mean you, they, uh, you know, a, a campeonato team was put together and just very expensive uh, to hold on to it. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I do think that Chivas still owed Grupo Pachuca the money and they were like, I believe it. We're selling them too. Right now, we owe Necaxa money. You guys can't pay. They repoed it, man. Yeah. Operación Repo. It's like the... Pizarro wakes up and they're already (laughs) wheeling them off to another team. It's like that movie uh, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. I don't know if you've seen it, but, you know, he owes a lot of money. So he just keeps uh, borrowing money from other people and then making bigger and bigger bets to pay off his debts, you know, and he just keeps... He keeps on allowing people to lend him money just so he, and then he just bets even bigger and bets even bigger and bets even bigger. And all of a sudden it's just like, bro, you're just, you're just in too deep right now. Like sounds like Barcelona. Yeah. Barcelona (laughs) with, with Messi. Um, Would you see the comment that the, I was at Laporta made and he said he was talking about, cause he just returned as president. He was talking about how the club had been misspending money. And they had a scout. They were paying him like eight million just to be scouting in South America. Oh wow! Yeah, the, that dude was just living the life over there, man. Like, like it's not like he brought anyone. It's not like he discovered some hidden gem. Um, Ricardo has a lot of comments, so I'm just trying to respond to him. But he's saying that. Uh... MLS is killing Mexican football. Uh, oh, MLS bought Pizarro, and he's lost all momentum. 
he's a carcass compared to when he played in Mexico. Make <laughs> uh, Mexican players lose their hunger when they go to MLS. I know your team oh. is going to play the ridiculous fee they have. Here's the thing, though, and you know you might I'm you know correct me if I'm wrong, but till till this day, I don't think of any player that has been poached by the MLS that I consider a loss, like. Jurgen Dam, Cubo Torres, uh, Carlos Vela, Chicharito, Pizarro, Pulido. Like, yeah, you know, like it does suck to lose these players to the MLS, but they're not going to be players that are actually um, going to the World Cup. You know what I mean? Like these guys are done. These guys are their cycle with with Mexico is over. So I feel like we okay. haven't really like it would be a damn shame if like a player like Macias or a player like Johan Vasquez or Vega or Sebastian Cordova or Linus, it would have been a damn shame if those players ended up going to the MLS and just basically suiciding their chances of going to Europe. But all these other players, they're kind of like over the hill, maybe not Pizarro, but you know what I mean? It's well, like, well, see, I think that's just a bad, a bad rep that's been created because I, I don't feel it's, I think it has more to do with the player's mentality. And if, and if you know how, like Rafa Marquez, good example. He came with to New York, and he was just horrible, and, and he hated it. You could just see it in his face. He wasn't enjoying it, and he, and even when he came back to Mexico, was it to Pachuca? He still wasn't Leon, playing yeah. good. Yeah, Leon. I mean, yeah, Leon. And then he, no he, wait, he came to Pachuca first with Neri Castillo, and then they sent him to Leon. Oh, I don't know if that was like the details, but he only played for Leon. And he won a championship. He won two championships with him, I think, back to back. No way, but I, I'm pretty sure he was at Pachuca here. Now I gotta ask Google now. Rafa Marquez? Nah, he played for Leon. Yeah, he. I remember they presented him with with Neri Castillo. Nah, dog, that was they Hugo the, Sanchez. The, nah, look. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, he I'm went in to a different timeline, Jaime. <laughs> I'm in a. Where did I? Why? Why? Who am I thinking of? Then? It was Hugo Sanchez and Eddie Castillo. They did were both they? coach. Oh, it was both of them. Both That's of right. them, yeah. They went in at the same time. Yep. And I thought that was that was the winning combo going out for their Copa America. Or, or I'm just I'm just my top my uh, I'm at the multiverse. I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? The the Mandela effect. Yeah. Do you remember things one way? Oh, yeah, like yeah, uh, no. Looney Tunes. <laughs> like, how do you spell Looney Tunes? It's like, yeah, the people think about it two different ways. Really interesting. Yeah, no, you're right. I was thinking of Hugo Sanchez because I remember it was two that got presented at the same time. But but it still stands from from New York. He he just he looked miserable, and then he goes to, to Leon, and he, he wins too, and then he goes back to Europe. But I do think it's it's the mentality you saw with Gio when he first arrived to Galaxy. He was killing it. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every game he would score or an assist or both. And then I don't know what happened with this dude. He La he Fiesta. Yeah, but and then Bella, he came in, he killed it. But I, I feel it's more of the mentality. And Cortemo Blanco, he came in with with good mentality and he returned to Max and even when on to play another World Cup. And he was already up there in age. I think he was like, what, 35? Yeah. So I do think is the, is the mentality. We had the one defender that was at Real Salt Lake. 
um, Salcedo, and he ended up going to from MLS going to Chivas, Chivas then mm-hmm. then to Europe. So I think if if your mentality is is you're in a positive, you, you could you could get you know you could still go abroad or 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 get called up to the national team. But I do think a lot at some of these players they just you know they just yeah. kind of kind of give up at that point. Absolutely. Uh, there was something I wanted to say. I totally forgot. Damn it. Um, oh, good news. Kind of uh, moving the conversation forward. Uh, debuts for Macias uh, at Getafe. He played uh, like about 20 minutes. And then Raul Jimenez, he's back at Wolves, played the full game. Uh, they didn't score, but, you know, it's really nice to see them back as we start thinking about qualifiers next month. Um, but the rumor is that when it comes to strikers, it's going to be Funes Mori, Henry Martin, Alan Pulido, and Macias. So uh, they're going to be leaving Raul Jimenez out. At least that's the the latest rumor. Well, and you forgot one more. Nacho won his first game. Oh, he did. Yes, sir. <laughs> playing over there in the second division of Spain. Yeah, if he gets them promoted, that's, you know, big, big yeah. step for him. I mean, it's tough so, because uh, they, they got relegated last season, but they're trying to get right back up uh, Huesca. Did, but they're also one of the teams with the with the biggest, um, uh, with the more money, I should say. Oh, really? So, yeah, they're supposed to have one of the stronger squads in second division. So I would say they are amongst the favorites to, to get promoted. So uh, I know your time is limited today, but I really wanted to get your hot take on the players tribune. David Ochoa posted an article on the 12th announcing that he is switching from the the U S men's national team to Mexico. And he talked about why and, how he grew up in Me- uh, here, but he felt Mexican. He grew up in a Mexican household, Spanish, grew up watching Liga Mekis, looking up to players like, you know, uh, Guillermo Ochoa. He actually ended up um, making the Chivas youth team, the youth academy, but he didn't make any friends out there. He was bullied because uh, he didn't, they made fun of his Spanish. And, you know, he basically felt like a, an outsider on both countries, you know, He's not really American. He's not really Mexican. He's kind of like in between. They call him El Gringo. And, you know, he basically went on this, like, rant. He talked about depression. <laughs> uh, I will say the the hardest part about the article was, like, the one guy that believed in him and that was in his corner was a, a coach. And um, it was, like, Des McAllen. And, uh, you know, he helped him. He, like, got him to play for the U.S. team. And then he later on ended up like killing himself. So that was like the only part that like really that was tragic. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, and, that sucks. And then he ended up being on the squad um, that won the Conquer, uh Nations League uh, in Denver. He was uh, he didn't play any minutes, but he was on the bench. And uh, yeah, he decided to to switch sides. So now he's eligible to be called up for the Mexican national team. I'm gonna be dead ass honest that I've never heard of this guy before. So. <laughs> yeah but i would say he's pretty good 
to the point where he's he was already he's getting called up to the selection and you know if he switches because the federation someone in the federation went to talk to him and got him to switch so he's obviously seen as someone with good potential um I, i'm gonna say the whole my take is the mentality again because it's not just i would say it's not just him that's like getting bullied you know it's not like he, it was just him being targeted I, i think and and it's difficult though at the same time if especially if you have to go live on another country or away from your family we i remember reading about salcido and he said he had just arrived to uh holland when he signed with a uh, psv and he said how oh, he didn't when he came out you know he came out of the air, airplane and he said he didn't recognize anyone he 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 didn't um he didn't see anyone from the club waiting for him and he said that he felt like just returning back oh, dude i just wow. got in there that's right no, no, he was like got, he was a loner out there the right, right? I would have been over there just uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're like they'll reach me they'll, they'll get a hold of me <laughs> you know we go get some beer smoke a doobie but this dude like right away he said and he said he ended up going to a mcdonald's because i was like he the, just recognized you know, the golden arcs the golden arcs and you go order by number and just give me a one and then um i think that one player i think they sent a player like a peruano that was there or oh is this este, some latin american oh este, Farfan, or what was it Farfan. yeah and that dude he probably showed up late he was probably in the red district who <laughs> <laughs> oh, should i gotta pick this guy up um and Then just, he said, hanging out with that dude, he felt better, you know, like he had someone that he could talk to. And so I, I think this dude, like just the whole pocho thing, it happens, man. I've seen it even here in the U.S. where even Mexicans will make fun of paisas, you know, call them paisas. We make fun that. of ourselves, man. <laughs> it's like, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's not safe. Yeah, this, and he, he, he mentioned something about music, how he said they When he was with the U.S. camp, they would clown him on the music he would put. I don't know if he was putting Norteñas. I forgot what music. But I'm like, you can't take that too hard. I mean, I would get clowned for music I liked. It's just something that happens. But it's, I do think it's the mental aspect. And I'm not saying that he, he's weak. I don't think so because he's made it this far. You know, right. at this point, it would be you're taking it too personal, you know, some of these attacks. But let me ask you a serious question here, and this is the reality. Can you name one Mexican-American pocho that has actually contributed to the na Mexican national team or has had success at the national level? I know Chivas had had, you know, pocho Ponce and um, Brizuela and, you know, some other players that have been successful for the club, but they've never been looked at at the national team. So... Are we really gaining anything from him switching sides, especially considering the fact that a player like Carlos Acevedo, who had an incredible game against Chivas, isn't even on Tata's radar, man? Like, I just don't <laughs> see this being that big. I'm like, dude, you, you should have just oh, stayed but, there. But Jaime, weren't, weren't you voicing concerns over lack of goalkeepers? I mean, there's two now. Well, 
Yeah, I didn't realize that these freaking goalkeepers have so much seniority that they're willing to take them to a World Cup at the age of, like, 40. I mean, it's ridiculous, man. Like, we took Talavera no, to the, the Olympics. We, yeah. took, we took Talavera to the Olympics. Or, or not Olympics. We took Ochoa to the Olympics. We took Talavera to uh, the Gold Cup. And it's just like these are missed opportunities to give a player like Jurado you know, the opportunity to, to finally get like, the, you know, the, at least at least know what he's capable of doing. Acevedo también. It's just like we have so many goalkeepers now that do we really need uh, Pocho? No, we don't. Well, what remains to be seen, but I don't I don't think there's been a player that's excelled to the point where he's like like a chicharo or, or whatnot. So I, I think but I do think it's it's bound to happen, you know. I, I don't. I'm not on the. I, I wish Chiquis was here because he's on the anti-pocho train. <laughs> yeah. He feels it's like why even try? But I, I do think it will eventually, you know, they will eventually be more that are bound to like, you know, have a have reach reach that like let let's say milestone. There was. And, and it's um... also like, I think there, there's been more success on the on the U.S. side, like Gringo Torres. I know he played for the national team, and there was also this other guy. He played for like uh, he played for like Santos and Castillo. He was a pocho that played for the U.S. team. Like they've had success, uh, but on our side, well, I don't know. They they play like they went to World Cups, but I'm talking about like being like one of the key players, you know, that like a standout player. Like or help the team and win a tournament, so I don't think I, we've seen to that point. But I do think it's one of those things where it's like once you once you break like that record, and then more start doing it. I, I was reading what was like I think it was in Arnold's biography, Schwarzenegger, and he was talking about how how before no one had benched 500, but as soon as that one dude managed to do it a bunch of dudes started all of a sudden oh, I see. and and I feel there might be something similar with with pochos as soon as like one one becomes like a, at least let's say chicharo level or or you know to that extent that then we'll probably see more yeah i think you're right you know eventually one of these dudes will will supersede. But as of right now, I'm not losing sleep over the pochos that get, you know, poached for the, <laughs> the men's national team. It's like, we got plenty of talent within Mexico. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, you know, good for him for, uh, for typing that up and letting people know there's a lot of people on the subreddit that resonated with, you know, the feeling. I know the feeling, you know, I go to Mexico and, they, you know, they, they don't make fun of me because I'm cool with everybody, but you, you definitely yeah. don't feel like, oh, like Mexican, Mexican, you know, you don't feel like. Oh, of course. You, they could tell right away. Yeah, they could tell right away. Accent. Yeah. Yeah. Not even the accent, but yeah. just like, they just know <laughs> your appearance <laughs> and everything. Different. <laughs> yeah. Is that, that, uh, what is that haircut called? The round bowl? You got, you, you got every, uh. <laughs> your your teeth they're all straight or and you don't knee high socks and you don't have like the, the the silver baby teeth you know i know though you don't have that 
uh, they I don't know what shot they get. I don't know if that still happens, you know, because if you're if you're from X, you got a shot in your arm and it leaves like a oh that little like yeah. um, imprint thing. Yeah, yeah I always wonder what that imprint. was, dude. Dude, that was like the COVID shot. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder what that was, man. I'm like, what is that thing on your? That's a weird shot. I don't know what. It's like was that that's like a? It's like when cows get branded. Like I feel like that's what it was, man. <laughs> I, I, cause I know, man, I remember seeing it on my parents and, and it's like a lot of people would have it and it's like, man, that must be some, that was the, the beta, that was, that was the beta that came out. It wasn't even like the full FDA approved one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. I mean, what, what is it doing that it left a dent, you know, like what, what's going on there, man? Yeah. We'll have to see. Um, uh, you know, I think there's eventually somebody will will be good. Ricardo saying that uh, Mexico isn't in a position to say no to the Portos, especially if they have a better chance to play in Europe than in Liga MX. Uh, yeah, for sure. See, Ricardo gets it. We had some Conca Champions action. América uh, beat Philly two zero, and uh, Monterrey beats. Cruz Azul 1-0. So this is the first leg of the semifinals. Uh, but it will most likely be America and uh, either Cruz Azul or Monterrey. So which, which was the Mexican team that got washed? Uh, it was... I'm trying to find it. I forgot who it was. You might be mixing it up with the League's Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, there was the the, the League's Cup. I know it's kind of Puras confusing. Fallas. But yeah, it was uh, Tigres losing to Seattle Sounders 3-0. Oh, Tigres, that's right. That's, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, Piojo, man. Things not looking good for him. <laughs> yeah, in fact, with uh, the match week four, they tied with Pebla 1-1, and they had a red card. So they were a man down, and... Uh, I think Zignac is injured, so he's not going to be seeing action for a while. He, like, fractured his hand or something. So not a good start to the uh, Piojo era for Tigres. They are currently in 11th position right under Chivas. But you're telling me that he's safe for this season, right? He's not going to get the axe? Uh, Unless it's, like, like they continue playing looking like there's no you know there's no uh improvements i he just started though i, I think it, you know of, of course expectations are going to be very high but it they're very short seasons i, I you know in 11 what how many teams qualify now 12 12 so he's 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 in Liguilla. that's true if he goes into Liguilla, he'll be safe they, are they still at 12? Didn't they say they were going to go back to 8? Um, They're going to flatten the curve. Not sure, but I know as of right now, it's still the 12. <laughs> we had a lot of draws this weekend. So Puebla and Tigres tied 1-1. We also had Juarez and Tijuana tie 1-1. Pumas and Querétaro tied 0-0. Um, and then we had some... Pretty shocking results with uh, Toluca, who were off to a great start. 
Ended up getting mollywopped by Cruz Azul 4-0. Orbelín Pineda and uh, Santiago Jimenez. Uh, some of the scores. So, yeah, you know, Toluca, who had, who had gone to a great start. They were in first place. Uh, three wins. And then get this huge loss. And now they are in second place. So a big come up for Cruz Azul now that they have their uh, their players back. Yeah, I no, I I think um, Cruz Azul is going to be one of the teams that are are going to be favorites. I will put them in Monterrey right now. I thought I was not used to seeing Pumas play on a Saturday. It's not just doesn't feel right. But uh, they played on a Saturday. And they just, you know, I wish Chiki was here, man, because they've been they've been down bad for a while. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he took the season off. Chiki's he's like, <laughs> he knew like this this isn't going anywhere. Let's just, you know, we could watch some other sport. Yeah. We also had I, Leon. I did that with Chivas once. I was like, this team's going to be horrible, man. I'm just going to I'm gonna take my my vacay from the team. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back like in two seasons. <laughs> I, You know, I went through that phase when they were almost getting relegated. I just, it was hard to watch. <laughs> like, I see that? That's when I came back. Like, I just <laughs> had to watch it. It sounds like a uh, you know, like like a train crash, but I, it's like when, I, I was uh, confident that they would. When there's a car crash on the on the highway, and you're like, you just you don't want to rubberneck, but you're like, I can't, I gotta see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Leon bounced back. They beat Mazatlan three zero, and Monterrey handled business against Pachuca. Funes Mori officially the all-time goal scorer for Rayados. It took a long time but he's finally it, done it, it. Took it, it it did take him because he, he could have broken it since last season yep and then he he hit like a dry spell you know yeah he hit a dry spell he must have had what of macias was having <laughs> <laughs> he's drinking the water but yeah he um yeah he's going on the record books for for the rayados amazing that he's surpassed chupete suazo uh, and Atlas, unfortunately, were not able to win off a of technicality this time against America. There was no ineligible lineup. So America ended up winning fair and square 1-0 thanks to Sebastian Cordova. Uh, so they got the revenge. Remember last season, Atlas lost that game, but then won off a of technicality because of an ineligible player. Yep. And that was all of the match week four. There's going to be some action as early as tomorrow with uh, Toluca Mazatlan and Tigres Querétaro, also Tijuana and Puebla. So there's going to be a lot of action tomorrow and Wednesday for match week five. Really trying to get through this season pretty quickly. Uh, Ricardo saying that Santi Jimenez is playing like a young Cardoso. And uh, it's just a shame that, you know, Tata's not even considering him because it would be nice to have him in the mix he might not start but you know not a bad option to have off the bench instead of the usual suspects 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's thinking of right now for World Cup qualifying. So he's going to try to go with with the more experienced players. But I do think I do think eventually some of these guys will figure into the into the team. I I mean, we we've said it before. About 80 players get called up into the national team on a four-year cycle. There's only about 120. Your chances of making it are pretty big. You know, as long as you, as long as you're getting regular playing time, there's a good chance sooner or later you're gonna, you're gonna get called up, even if it's a molero. <laughs> that's just that's just the you know the reality. So if he continues scoring, yeah, they they really can't ignore him. But I mean. I mean, can ignore him forever. This cycle could probably already that they could already have his team already. Um, probably hoping on on Jimenez to make the comeback. For sure. Well, I know your time is limited today, but yes, sir. Want to hey, uh, thank you for hopping on. Do you have any closing thoughts? Three. Oh, I forgot it. I. <laughs> I had it. No, just looking forward to the Leon match. I think uh, I, I think it's it's gonna paint a good picture of where Chivas is at. You know, and I know they got off to a not so good start, and so I think and and being a home match, and it's a big game for them because they haven't won at home, so they can't continue to lose points at home. They need they need those big three big points, and so that that'll be a good match to look out for. For sure. Well, I want to thank our most loyal listener, Ricardo, for always being in the chat on YouTube. Uh, we're coming up on our 300th episode uh, two weeks from now, so we would love to have uh, Ricardo join us, maybe. We'll see. We're going to try and get as many people on. We'll probably be on Twitter Spaces again um, just for the big 300. And uh, we also have uh, the MLS All-Star versus Liga Mekis match coming up pretty soon we're we're trying to get into that and uh there was also an interview that chicharito did briefly with espn but we'll we'll talk about that next week as we get closer to uh to that match and but yeah hope everyone has a great night and we'll catch you guys next week <laughs>